Thanks for joining Impact Boom. On this episode... Key, I guess, milestones along the way have been, yeah, we've now worked in more than 600 companies across Australia and getting those first big corporate government ones were, were really key moments. And as well, partnering with Talent Beyond Boundaries. They were working with refugees still offshore in Jordan, Lebanon. Yeah. And we managed to create a new skilled refugee pathway, which was really the problem that I was trying to fix from the room. Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas, and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates, or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to episode 246 of Impact Boom. My name's Tom Allen, and I'm passionate about bringing you the latest interviews and insights to help you create positive social impact. Today, we're speaking with Anna Robson. Anna Robson is CEO and co-founder of Refugee and Migrant Talent, whose experience working in Nauru led her to meet her co-founder, Nirari Dacho, a Syrian refugee with a tech background at a TechFugees hackathon in 2015 and Start Refugee Talent. They've built RMT into a social enterprise providing recruitment and technology solutions that raise the visibility of refugees and other minority groups in terms of their skills, experience, qualifications and aspirations and connect them with employers to gain meaningful, sustainable, long-term employment. So on today's podcast, we'll discuss Anna's insights into growing refugee talent and Anna's reflections on broader social enterprise movement in Australia. So Anna, it's a pleasure to have you here. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. So Anna, kicking things off, could you please share a bit about your background and what led you to your passion in social enterprise? Sure. So my background's in sports coaching and management, which is what I studied at at uni more than 10 years ago. I started off coaching kids sports and working in elite sport and then traveled and did, you know, a few random jobs (laughs) as you do, like teaching English in South Korea to kids, which was really fun. Mm -hmm. And but then I got a job on Nauru for Save the Children, which was doing sports activities with refugees that were locked up in in detention on Nauru and really that experience yeah changed me and impacted me a lot Mm -hmm. and just seeing people who'd faced so much trauma already in their country and then us locking them up you know on this island in in jail effectively and just seeing how skilled they were and and that we were treating them such like a problem when Mm -hmm. when really everyone just wanted to work and and build their life and contribute and be like human being like anybody have rights and just working there I thought you know how can I change this what can I do to to change this and after I finished working on Nauru I went back to Sydney and I saw this event called TechFugees and it was a hackathon and how to bring technology to to refugee problems and there I met my co-founder Narari who was a Syrian refugee who had got to Australia through the humanitarian program and there I saw even you made it to Australia or a country with a visa you then had another problem of trying to find employment in in your new country 
and with no uh, local experience, which is a bit of a misconception because people have global experience, (laughs) but no local experience in Australia and no social network, overseas qualifications, let alone learning a new language and trying to, in a new country, you really are at a disadvantage against an Australian like myself who's grown up here. So competing in the normal job market on seat doesn't work for for refugees really. So we saw there was a problem there and why isn't there a seek for refugees mm. and, and why it didn't exist already? Yeah. And so Narari and I, yeah, had this idea of refugee talent, so where refugees across Australia could register their CV and their details, be visible to employers, and employers that recognise that those barriers existed then for refugees in the job market could then come to like national database and, and hire the right talent mm. that they needed. So that was five years ago now that, that we met. And some of the key, I guess, milestones along the way have been, yeah, we've now worked in more than 600 companies across Australia and getting those first big corporate government ones were, were really key moments and as well partnering with Talent Beyond Boundaries. They were working with refugees still offshore in Jordan, Lebanon yep. and we managed to create a new skilled refugee pathway which was really the problem that I was trying to fix from mm-hmm. the root of people being stuck somewhere and seen as this problem. Yeah. And actually, they are skilled talent that could be an additional source of, of a refugee intake to a country. Yeah. So, yeah, working with Talent Beyond Boundaries yeah, has been a really key part of our journey. And then, obviously, the social enterprise movement as well in Australia is mm-hmm. really picking up steam and really exciting. And we've had the Victorian Social Procurement Framework, which has offered lots of opportunities there. Yeah. And now we're seeing in other states like New South Wales, Queensland, mm-hmm. it's it's really growing. So, it's yeah, up, isn't it? yeah, so it's exciting to be yeah, in this industry and being able to have an impact. Absolutely. So as CEO then at Refugee and Migrant Talent, can you tell us a little bit more then about sort of future plans? I hear you may be launching something in the near future. Yeah, that's right. Tell us a little bit more where you're at and where are you heading? So it's five years in now, so you're sort of on this growth trajectory, right? Yeah, well, we started off just doing recruitment of sort of domestic refugees in, in Australia and international as well. But the last few years, we've had a bit of a shift of providing also our technology software solution to other refugee organisations mm-hmm. to help them capture that CV data of their candidates. Yep. And then at the same time, those candidates being in our national database, which we can help with then advocacy to specific industry bodies like the medical bodies or engineering bodies on yep. behalf of refugees sort of nationally. Mm-hmm. So yeah, sort of had this shift into more technology solutions and just recruitment. And then the other shift is we also provided this recruitment solution through the social procurement framework to Level Crossing in Victoria and it enabled them to hire not just refugees but people from Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander backgrounds, disability, Mm -hmm. other cohorts that are facing barriers to employment. And when we designed that solution, we thought it was just a one-off sort of project. But then when we did it, we realized actually other employers need this kind of solution to connect better with those organizations that are supporting all those groups and through the software, linking them up together and looking at every job as a possible job Mm. to hire someone from that background, not just often employers will just pick a few jobs, five out of a thousand and send them to those organizations when through technology we're able to scrape all the careers page job vacancies and then match them against all the candidate 
resume data and see, oh, actually, they're the jobs where you've got matches mm, nice. and then increase the likelihood of, of employment outcomes for those different groups. So working with both the providers or the employers and the refugees or job seekers, yep. I'm sure has given you a unique sort of viewpoint on where these sort of unique opportunities exist and yep. know, where the refugees are really coming up against pain points and problems. So yep. what are your thoughts on that in Australia right now? What opportunities exist for us to provide better support? So one of the key gap in the refugee sector is actually capturing that CV data early on. So often we're reactive when you've got the job, then find the CV. But we're trying to encourage those organisations to capture the mm. skills, experience, aspirations of people earlier on before yep. the job data. And then once you've got that data, you can then map it against job vacancies. Yep. So that's one of the gaps we're trying to fill. And then some of the key opportunities in this sector is also in regional Australia, there's a lot of job vacancies and regional areas can be very welcoming to you know new arrivals. So it's again matching those opportunities and capturing those job vacancies against yeah potential people that want to move there. And we've done that with our Talent Beyond Boundaries candidates, yep. mapping their CV while they're still offshore in Jordan, Lebanon, working with employers in country and then they're moving direct to those regional areas rather than moving to a capital city first and then trying Scoping to move out. Yeah, you know, people make attachments when they yeah. first come and they've already been displaced. So yeah. you, you want to move them straight to an area where they want to then stay and build their mm. life and make connections. Fantastic. Yeah. So five years in now, building a couple of platforms and growing yeah. this enterprise. Yep. What's one of the biggest mistakes that you've made and what have you learned from it? It's maybe chasing customers that weren't so interested. But, you know, you're trying with different sometimes members of that organisation. Yeah. But sometimes I think it's better to work with those customers that really get what you do and are aligned and look for new opportunities within that relationship to build new work. And maybe it doesn't happen so quickly. Yeah. So you have to balance it because you still have to financially survive. Yeah. But yeah, it's working with and strengthening those relationships you, you already have. But of course, you're looking for new people to, to work with all the time too. But mm. often if you've had many no's, <laughs> yeah. then it's better to just leave it maybe. And, and then maybe they're coming back to you later when they're ready and they see you've progressed a little bit more. Yeah. So I think, yeah, we wasted bit of time trying to work with some companies and maybe they just weren't ready mm -hmm. yeah yep. so it takes a long time to establish those relationships and yeah. get those things through right but yeah i think it's a good point of focusing on those that you're, you're working with rather than scoping the, the new people find, find, find the right balance, balance. Yeah. yeah completely yeah. so in terms of recommendations for other social or impact entrepreneurs yep. who are sort of that early stage of starting up yeah what would some of your key advice be I think do an incubator program if you can. We did two early on, one SSI Ignite with the refugee organisation and was early on establishing your business number and a business plan yeah. and getting a mentor and just helped you early on, guide you kind of thing. And then we did a another longer program with the Difference Incubator. Nice. And yeah, it just made you, you know, you don't know what you don't know. So you're learning yeah. all these different concepts that you're not mm. thinking of so early on, but it's good to just have a bit of knowledge of them. So when you're progressing at the right stage, you know yeah. kind of where to go or can go ask someone. Yeah. And the other key part of being part of those incubator programs is one, you get mentors 
but two, you share the journey with other social enterprise or businesses. So mm. you can just sort of see you're not the only one <laughs> facing these highs and lows <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. share the journey and, and make friendships. So it's really worthwhile doing, I think. Get part of a community and yeah, share the frustrations <laughs> and, and tips, right? Yeah. Cool. So let's talk about some other inspiring projects or initiatives. Like yep. who else are you seeing out there right now in this impact enterprise, social enterprise space, doing some great work. There's a great one that just started this year, Migrant Women in Business, uh, run by Corinne and Luz. Yeah, working with, you know, migrant women who want to start business yep. and it's a really, women are face different challenges than to men, so it's, it's a really worthwhile enterprise mm. that's really needed in this space. Yep. So they're doing great things. And then, yeah, just during COVID, I think it's just inspiring seeing people, community groups helping the elderly with tasks or chefs delivering meals to healthcare workers yep. and, and those big sing-alongs everyone's in the yep. Zoom call like I wouldn't, I'm not seeing them do it but I think it's inspiring and, yep. and really positive and some good things yeah, to come out of the COVID so, Definitely. And yeah. people have been picking up lots of books during COVID right? Yep. All this extra time or <laughs> yeah. you know, built into the efficiencies of having back-to-back Zoom calls all day and Yep. But talking of books, what would you recommend to our listeners? Are there any podcasts or blogs or things that you read? I'm a big uh, reader, so I've got a couple of recommendations. The Infinite Game by Simon Sinek is a great one. You know, it's just trying to think of the long term and not just that short term decision. Yep. It's hard because you have to balance it, of course, always. But it's about sort of sticking to your values and building a good culture. And yep. you ultimately will reap the benefit of hopefully those decisions. Mm. So that's, yeah, a great, great book. Another one is Any Ordinary Day by Lee Sales. She goes and interviews people that just face unimaginable horrors and yep. it just and how they faced it and also what, what the people around them could have done to support them better. Mm. So it's just a really inspiring book that just makes you so grateful and yep. makes you think if anything like that happened to either yourself or somebody you know, how, how you could deal with that. Yeah, brilliant. Another one I'm reading at the moment is Wintering, the Art of Rest and Retreat in Difficult Times. Which so, is a an good... appropriate one to end the year, right, with a bit of holidays coming up. It is, yeah. It's just about the good times to hibernate and the good times to do things at mm. certain times. So, yeah, it's just a good sort of balance book, I, I think. So and another good podcast that I've followed during our journey is NPR, How I Built This. Yeah, just interviewing, you know, founders about their journey yeah. and everybody face such highs and lows and yeah. it's just good to hear people's journey and, you know, everyone's got a different story. So it's yeah, fascinating. Yeah. Definitely. Well, there's yeah. a few great books and a good podcast there. So I'll stick links through into the article. Yeah. And uh, it's been a pleasure to talk today. Thanks so much for sharing your insights and time and we'll look forward to following your journey. Sounds good. Thank you. Thanks, Tom. Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. Please leave your comments below and remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page and Twitter.